Hello and welcome back to the Stadio podcast. I'm Moose Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm right, thanks. How are you? Very well indeed. Great, in fact. Yes, I'm good. Why are you so chipper? I'm just a happy man. Why does it have to be a reason? I just think... It's because you finally got your avocado beef off your chest. <laughs> oh, we're going there. Out wow. in the world. Oh my goodness. Okay, that was very meta. Okay, look, just to explain, <laughs> there was a tweet going around, people were asking to mention controversial food opinions, and I said, avocado makes me nauseous, makes me sick. And there was an avalanche of horror from readers of my work, from followers of the Stadio account. And the Pitchfork Brigade was led by the man opposite me right now, Ryan Hunt. And I, That's not true. Well, who, who, can, who can say? I mean, we're the era of fake news. I the say the funny like, thing was, like, <laughs> earlier in the day, Nikesh Shukla had posted the thing about sandwiches, and I just responded saying, Nikesh, full stop. And then <laughs> you came in with your avocado thing, not to be outdone. And I just followed up with a Musa, full stop. Absolutely. I mean, look, I'm, I'm not an avocado fan. Um, some of my best friends like avocado. Um, it's, it's a lifestyle I don't subscribe to but for those who eat avocado i you know i, I hate the sinner don't hate the sinner with all my might i had to stop myself just responding okay boomer okay boomer. <laughs> <laughs> okay look, look i don't discriminate it is a if you're avocado eaters listeners this podcast i'm not discriminating against you don't explain yourself you don't need to explain yourself it's a food people like what they like who who cares really it's the internet i thought we were all adults that's the thing i learned from this food thing yeah. all weekend i was just like i just assumed we were all grown-ups I was persecuted for my tastes. That's Dude, why I, I wanted, there was so many that I went to tweet and then I was just like, I don't want to get cancelled. Are you kidding me? Like, Stadio's <laughs> going really well. We had a really good week. I don't want to be cancelled already. This could be the dip. Yeah, I think I've been cancelled by a few people. Actually. Do you know the one that I, was, I nearly tweeted about though? Which Bounties. One? I see no redemption in them at all. Do you know what Bounties are my Do you remember those like Christmas sweets? You know, like when you buy those those tubs of sweets at Christmas, quality streets and roses, and there were always a couple left over. Oh, months ba- later. Bounties stay well and truly there was in one the selection box. Those who know Montelamar, those who experienced the reign of terror that was Montelamar, I think has now <laughs> been removed. But those, listen, those who know, know. I know people nodding, listening, yeah, Montelamar, that was the one. Uh, Whoever had to consume that, brutal. And also, it's stuff like, like tofu. Right. No one truly likes tofu wow people okay. just don't dislike it we're going there like, I, I eat tofu dishes I don't not enjoy it but you know I th- one, one, you know, the thing with tofu I found was I went to this where did I go and I went to this like supermarket and I felt like I'd been lied to you've only been betrayed like, yeah. someone goes oh my god like someone says someone for years is going check out this food you're like oh, I'm not feeling it then I went to a supermarket and they had all those different types of tofu like all the ways have been prepared and I'm like this is voodoo. I feel like it's like going to the Matrix. And I'm like, oh, this is the real deal. This is like red pill tofu. So that was the... Yeah, I, I, basically, I'm not saying that I hate tofu, but I'm just saying no one truly loves tofu. They just tolerate it. <laughs> oh, well, actually, can I say I am a, I'm a tofu enthusiast. I'm well, a, you know... I'm an active tofu enthusiast. Uh, if there's one thing we found out this weekend is that you're... You're wrong. Was there football this week? Was there football? We should no, start with football. Stick stuff, to, right? No, no, no. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get into football. So, um, well, before we get going, can I just say thank you so much to everyone who's been posting the Ian Wright podcast. We've had such an amazing response to it from a lot of people who we didn't think it would even reach their radar. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And the Gary Lineker one. We're going to try and do more with players. This is going to be a bit of an on-running, irregular series, if you like, where we. Yeah interview players about their specific skill sets so thanks so much to everyone and i hope ian wright got his 
roast potato or whatever he was after on yeah, I'm a Celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> last thing I saw, Sign the petition. Last thing I saw, he had a crab coming out of his mouth and I thought, my goodness. Oh, <laughs> last God. time I saw him eating something, it was pie and mash. He's obviously, he's jumped the shark there. <laughs> Good oh, luck. Wow. Yeah, rather him than me. But yeah, yeah thanks so much to everyone who's said nice stuff. It was really fun. Yeah. It was as much, I mean, for those who've listened to it and enjoyed it, I can guarantee it was at least as much fun recording it. It was very fun. But yes, in terms of football, there was football this weekend. There, there was lots of it. Yeah. Where are we going to start? Are we going to start in South America? We should really, shouldn't we? Just Dude, because... it was the South American equivalent of Barcelona 99. It was what? Do you know what's so wild? Like, I don't... Okay, so those who didn't catch the game, River Plate, um, been the third Libertadores Cup final hang in on, five hang on, years. Hang on. I think Neil Custis is tweeting about us. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we're, we're going there. We're, we're firing those kinds of shots. Oh my God. Stop it with this hipster chat, Musa. Yeah, so uh, River Plate, in their, I think it's their third Libertadores final in five years. They'd won in 2016 and I think, and at 15, I think, and 18, they'd won. Going for their third win in five years and up against Flamengo. So the two biggest clubs, perhaps in terms of support, well, two of the biggest clubs in terms of support, but it's not the biggest but two of the biggest clubs in terms of support base in South America, playing in Lima. Game got moved from Santiago because of the protests there. And really an incredible game, River Plate going a goal ahead and then Flamengo prevailing with two goals in the last three, two minutes. And Flamengo didn't well, play On the well, rocks, on the rocks, yeah. yeah. Absolutely getting battered. It looked like it was, River Plate were well in control. And then after having a very, very quiet game and actually being pretty poor, I'd say. Right. Gabby Gold came up with the two two de- decisive moments at the end of the game. Was it two goals in three minutes? Yeah, and he's, he has a real... Actually, what I loved about both the goals was they showed the range of the attacking... Well, they showed the art of finishing. You had the first goal, he followed up um, from four yards out for a tap-in, but his anticipation took him there. And the second goal was funny because he he was almost shoved into scoring position by the, um, the onrushing centre-back um, and then just like artfully angled it into the bottom corner. And Flamengo hadn't won a Libertadores since 1981. I know. And Jose, Jesus. So happy for him because he had so many near misses with Benfica. Those who yeah. followed him at Benfica, he was the nearly man. So his career arc actually was very similar to that of Flamengo. Mm. They're a club who've had their issues. Um, those will remember with them, you know, sort of recent memory, I think, I think 10 members of the youth team Mm. perish in a fire uh, in their accommodations. The, the clubs have recently tr- touched by tragedy and um, challenges with their administration, but the support base is huge. They're, they're, very, they're beloved in Brazil. It was like every Brazilian was a Flamengo fan on the weekend. A good friend of mine went to the Maracanã and they watched the game. It's being broadcast wow. there. Yeah, my friend Fernando. Shout out, Fernando. I know you're listening at some point somewhere. If you're not <laughs> underneath a pile of cocktail glasses. <laughs> Last time she, she sent me this lovely picture of her and her sister Fernanda with their sort of like um, tie-dyed flamingo shirts on. She's like, oh my God, I can't even live right now. So yeah. She it was such a good game. It was such Wonderful. a good, it's just, there's something about the Libertadores final, which is just not like any other game. And I think that's, that's the thing I really love about these types of games, yeah. you know, specific games that are so far away, if you like, from us geographically. Yeah. But also as part of an experience, the final last year, one that was postponed a bazillion times. What a game that was, was just, too, yeah. Again, it was just, it's a, like an experience like no other. I had a moment when I went back and looked over some of the other games from other previous finals and I was looking at, because I have a real thing about players who have been dominant in finals. Because, you know, it's really, you put your sort of stamp on a legacy if you do that. And Raquel May back in, I think it was uh, mm. 07 against Gremio scores three times in the, a 5-1 aggregate win. Arguably the best kit final 
of all time, oh, Gremio Boca. Gr- oh, I'm not so keen on the Gremio kit. Oh, Moose. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It looks like a sweet. Avocados first, Gremio kit second. The Gremio kit looks like... Do you know what I mean? We've had a great run on Stadio, I'm everyone, sorry. but I think... Uh, I think we're going to... I'm there on the Bocca kit. <laughs> I'm, I'm, absolutely there. I'm there on the Bocca kit, but <laughs> Gremio, I'm ambivalent. Oh, I don't know, man. Something about those, like, I mean, I remember growing up and seeing these kits and they were kind of, I don't know, I think maybe it's a nostalgia thing. Gremio, like the Flamengo kit has always been to me, you know, like, you know, like when you play that game where you're kind of like, oh, map out your football career, if yeah. you had the ideal one. A lot of it's kit based. You know? no, of course, of <laughs> yeah. course. And Flamengo was always one, like, say, for example, if you had like a career mode on FIFA, you know, maybe a season at Flamengo. Do you know what I have to say? I'd love in the sort of late 90s to have spent a couple of years, like let's say 19 and 20 at Palmer. Oh, yeah. Just, just the food and the football. Oh, yeah. I mean, why not? What a time I mean, to be alive. That's, that's, are yeah, you but, a little bit nervous with expressing opinions now after, after Avocado Game? No, I'm happier than ever. I'm like, I feel liberated now. Now that I've come out of the did have side, a real spring in your step this morning. Yeah, I just, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for anything. Listen, once you come out as <laughs> come out anti-avocado. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Once yeah. you come out as that, you're unafraid of anything. <laughs> you're unafraid Good of anything. Lord. <laughs> um, quick shout out for just the aerial scenes of the Monumental. I mean, my goodness. That, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Great competition, great game. Uh, another game that I want to talk about, another big game at the weekend, which I attended actually. Oh. Yeah, so Wolfsburg played Bayern in the Frauen Bundesliga. So uh, they entered the game. Which yeah. is weird because you're wearing a red jumper and a red scarf. You're looking very much like a Bayern ultra today. This is actually my anti-avocado uniform today. This is anti, it's the anti-green, so it's all red. It's anti-green. So, well, Wolfsburg playing green. Yeah. So that's why I couldn't wear that today, because this is the anti-Avogado agenda, so some might get it twisted. So don't analyse it, listeners. Just move on. It, it all makes sense. It all makes sense. Listen to Uncle Moose, so trust me. Trust I'm, very, your, I'm very puzzled. Trust your neighbor, friendly neighbourhood boomer. Boomer <laughs> or <Kwonga. laughs> So Trust in your boomers, my friends. Bring bringing boomers back. So um, I was at you're the not Volkswagen. technically a boomer, are you? Well, I am now. Look at my. I'm getting so old. I was in the no, mirror. You're not a boomer. Look at the my, my beard is so grey. Everything's turning grey. Like it's all anyway. Got a boomer booty. Yes. <laughs> Jesus, you can't leave that in. You'll leave it in. He's going to leave it. In. Narrator. He leaves it in. He leaves it in. <laughs> so I went to Wolfsburg Bayern and. Wolfsburg three points ahead of Hoffenheim at the top of the Frauen Bundesliga and Bayern three points behind Hoffenheim, so six behind um, uh, Wolfsburg. And game ended one all. Mm. And good result for Bayern. It was a very good result for Bayern and very good for Hoffenheim, who drawn against Frankfurt. Mm. And so you could see you, you could see the frustration in Wolfsburg at their failure to land the knockout blow mm. because they went a goal up very early um, through Alexander Pop, who was on a different level, best player on the pitch. Yes, I was. Um, Actually, I was going to do my shout out very early. Go for it. Yeah. Laura Benkarth mm. in the buying goal was extraordinary. Laura Benkarth was so good. Like they, so Pop went, they, Pop put them one nil up after four minutes. Um, bad back pass. She cut across and just clipped it in the corner. And it's the only thing that basically beat Benkarth all day. Ava Pyle was very, very good up front. They were playing a kind of 4 4 1 1. Penil Harder was playing as the 10, but got isolated between the lines and. Bayern's defence was outstanding. They really shut her down mm. and they really stopped her movement. She got taken off actually mm. with 20 to go, which says a lot about how well Bayern dealt with her in a zonal space. But Ben Carth was on a different level. I mm. mean, stopped four very presentable Wolfsburg chances. And the late equaliser came um, through Mandy Isnaka, who was a substitute for Bayern. 
with about, I think, sort of 50 minutes to go. Mm. And I said to Lee, Lee Davis, who I was, shout out to Lee, who I was at the game with, I said, look, they're going to score through an unforced error because Wolfsburg's finishing against Bayern in the cup last week was the same problem. They uh, won 3-1 in the end, but two very late goals from Payol there. And I think that's the Achilles for them. In the tight games, they're not decisive. This reeks a little bit of something that happens a lot in some of the men's European leagues where the top team is so much better than the rest now. Sometimes they struggle to be as deadly yeah. in the league as they have to be in Europe. And this is, we said it a few times, that Wolfsburg's focus is definitely becoming the Champions League because, you know, they got absolutely hammered last year by by Lyon yeah. over two legs. And they are comfortably the best team in Germany, especially this season, because Bayern have got weaker and Wolfsburg have got stronger. And you tend to see that a lot with these kind of teams that are so dominant is that they will have games where they are wasteful in front of goal because they don't need to be as clinical for a lot of the time because they'll still get over the line. Does that make sense? Yeah. One thing that concerned me slightly with Wolfsburg, just to sort of round that point off tactically, was the amount of responsibility I saw Pop taking. She played, she started off playing left wing in a 4-4-2. Then she dropped back to left back to help out Felicitas Rauch, who basically was out of sorts the entire match. I mean, Rauch basically, apart from threatening goal, the second half really was, I mean, she lost possession the first three times she got the ball. And then at one point, you saw Pop, at most advanced striker, playing almost an out-and-out out nine, and then receiving the ball as a sweeper. And I just thought to myself, if everybody else on the pitch was taking that much responsibility, this game would be three-goal margin. Mm. And I just wonder sometimes, I mean, they miss Claudia Neto. I think she's out with an injury, but um, it, they, they, there were warning signs there. Like, put it this way, I think there'll be an extra film session this mm. week at some point for that team. Talk about that move. Oh. The move. If anyone hasn't seen this, go and watch it. Wow, so this was unbelievable. The way they play out from the back, mm-hmm. Wolfsburg played out and the apt was their apt as a third string keeper, but playing out from the back, they played out to their right back, right back plays back to the keeper, keeper plays it back to the right back, who then plays it to the centre back, which is the one pass you're never meant to make in football, right? Never meant to make. Terrifying. You're putting blood in the water, so they draw the entire Bayern press 15 yards at the pitch. Centre back plays the ball into Pop's feet. Pop then is just inside the centre circle hits this astonishing cross or pass. Actually, almost as good as Millie Bright's goal for Beth England's opener against, uh, well, Beth England's goal, goal against, goal, second goal yeah. against, yeah. Millie Bright. Um, Which hits, we'll come on to. Yeah, we'll come on to that. But this unbelievable cross or pass and pop, left to right, travels 40, 50 yards in the air. Perfect first touch from Pyle that just takes out the Bayern left back. And she cuts it across goal. And I think it might have been Bloodworth who just puts it wide of the post. And the entire crowd went from like horror at like, what the hell are you doing edge your box to that's mind blowing. That would have been one of the goals. It would have been one of the yeah. goals this season. Like, yeah, it really would have been. I hadn't seen anything like that in terms of the speed of transition, like in terms of going from sheer peril to almost euphoria. Like, yeah. One of those moves that just looks like it's a training drill. Yeah. Because everything's precise. Everything is absolutely precise. Like when Bayern pressed, there was a moment where it could have gone really, really wrong. And then as soon as they made that extra pass, they were out. It was mind-blowing. In a different context, I think René Moulinstein, uh, Robin Van Persie was talking a few years ago about why René Moulinstein was such a great coach at United. And he said, the beauty of playing with René Moulinstein as a coach is he teaches us to set traps. Mm-hmm. There was Bayern. It was like, oh, look at this big, tasty piece of cheese. Like, you know, oh, there, there can't be an iron grill hanging anywhere here. And Wolfsburg were just ready to like slap it down. Yes, yeah, so it was a beautiful game. You had fun, didn't you? I love those away trips. It's only like an hour 20 out of Berlin. 
Um, I go with my mate Lee Davis, who's actually a brilliant engraving artist based here in Berlin. Once again, shout out Lee. He makes great coffee as well. At yeah. Archetype Cafe. He does, top man. Plug. Where we are recording currently. I just love it as an away day. The crowd is great. The demographic's so lovely though. You've got like, you've got like eight-year-old kids up to like 70. You've got like men and women there, really good mix. Omars, the opas, grandparents, you know, it's just wonderful. Really like it. Oh, Women's Super League before we switch over to other men's football. Hey, shout out to Everton. 3-1 over Spurs. Shout out to Everton. Creep- need some good news. Creeping up on the outside rail there. Shout out to Everton and Arsenal and Manchester United because their women's teams are giving the Stepping club up. some actual joy Stepping at the up. moment. I think uh, United won 4-0 at the weekend. Yeah, beat Brighton. Yep, yep. That's a really good win because Brighton, you know, useful side. Um, City won 5-0. Yeah, wet Bristol. And um, yeah, we saw the, I mean, Arsenal, Miedema's goal. It's the dummy. Viv Miedema is an absolute G. Sorry. <sighs> For those who haven't seen her winner um, at the weekend, Miedema gets the through ball and is going to cut between the centre-backs but instead just like shimmies, throws the shoulder in and the defender basically wanders into next week <laughs> and she cracks it in the corner. So yeah, 1-0 Arsenal. Very traditional scoreline. Arsenal struggling against bot- the bottom teams. Chelsea beat Birmingham City 6-0 away. Which is scary because they've now started scoring and they weren't doing that early yeah. on. Yeah, that's... So it's as you were at the top of the Women's Super League. Shout out to Beth England's goal because... Possibly goal of the weekend, I would say. It's just the touch. Like, it's so... <laughs> if people haven't seen it, go and check it. It's on the Women's Super League Twitter account. The only other goal that rivals it, I would say, for goal of the weekend um, is Canales' late winner. Oh my, oh my Lord. I mean, those, those two goals were spiritual yeah. in their own way. The yes. goal that Beth England scored, if Messi had done it in the Champions League, it would have been gift to next week. Yeah. You know, so Millie Bright touch. plays the ball from, from the centre-back position. Long ball upfield. Comes over Beth England's shoulder. So it's come from her right side and she's pulled it down with her right foot and finished with her left. It's unbelievable. Just killed it dead. Do you know what it looks like? It looks like the control is so good. It looks like someone catching it with a baseball mitt. Yeah. It looks like someone catching a foul yeah. ball in the yeah. like it, it just it's just the way it just comes straight yeah. to ground. Yeah, she's been on fire since day one, pretty much. Though she's been bringing the heat since week one. So yeah, yeah, one of the deadliest strikers in the women's super league for sure. And do you know what I love about that three-way title challenge between it's, sort of Arsenal, it's Chelsea? Very close. That's so good for the Champions League. Yeah. That is so good for them. They're going to be battle tested in the way that mm. I would say that actually some of the other clubs won't be. Uh, let's take a quick break, then we'll come back with the prem. Yeah, maybe some questions too. Maybe. <gasps> Exciting. All right, back from the break. Premier League, Premier League. We should talk about some Premier League, I suppose. Yeah, we should. I suppose. Hashtag greatest league in the world. <laughs> Actually, no, do you know what? I want to talk about the greatest league in the world. The Bundesliga. That was spicy this week. Borussia Dortmund are having a season. They went 3-0 down on Friday night in the first half to bottom side Paderborn, who had before that, I think, had only scored 11 goals all season. And there were boos. There were many, many, many boos ringing around the Stadion. They pulled it back to 3 all. Marco Royce scored the equaliser in stoppage time at the end of the game. But good grief, Borussia Dortmund. They are regressing at the speed of light. I think there was actually a question about... Yeah, we had a couple uh, at Comrade Sifo. Yeah, hey, hey, out of South Africa. What the F is going on with Borussia Dortmund? My word. You could see Marco Royce asking himself just that question after the second paddleboard go well in. You could just see him like going, what the hell is this? I like this one from Charlie Barca. Which team is more dysfunctional, Barca or Dortmund? Oh, wow. Actually, I think it's, I think it's, no, it's Barca. 
because the scale of the Barca dysfunction. Yeah. The, 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 because the, the Dortmund problem is more easily fixed than the Barca problem. Really? Yes. I think the right coach fixes that. I think Favre is the primary problem in that team, in that setup. Really, I do. Because the decision-making, the execution, the way that, the way that Dortmund are being exposed is interesting. First goal and second goal, players pulled out wide without speed and isolated against pace. Shouldn't happen. Shouldn't happen in the right configuration. Shouldn't happen in the right sort of setup, the right defensive setup. And I think this is a problem with Favre. It's a key problem. He leaves his teams too open against the counter. Mm. Um, and Paderborn are a very well-coached team who just don't have the resources. And they showed that against Leverkusen. All of their goals were great as well. They're just a very good team. I mean, Paderborn, they were the highest scorers in the Bundesliga Zweier last year. They scored, I think, almost 80 goals. And they then saw the two best forwards. So they are a good footballing side who just don't have the execution. But I think this is what's happening. As, as you see the season going on, teams are allowing Paderborn and Union Berlin, who are doing a lot better, to play their football. Mm. And we're seeing the sort of the new teams and newcomers express themselves better as the season goes on, building their confidence. Shout out to Paderborn, it was a great result. And I'm really happy for them. They really needed that. I mean, they really did. Bayern are starting to click under Hansi Flick. Hey. Oh, there we go. Bars, Who's the bar. poet now? You've got, you got bars. The Rye Poet. you got bars. <laughs> Rye Poet and the Rye Poet. <laughs> Rhymes like dimes. <laughs> they beat Fortuna Düsseldorf 4-0. Shout out to whoever was commentating on the Fox Sports feed of this game for crediting Thomas Muller for a dummy on Tolisso's goal when he took a swing at the ball and missed and tripped up. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Muller dummies it, he said. And he watched the replay and doubled down. Good pressing when he's bad. Muller actually, yeah, Muller's scored twice this year, but luckily for Muller, other people are stepping up. Yeah. Gnabry got another one. Uh, obviously, Tolisso did. Lewandowski didn't, but still had a, Isn't a that the very first game. game. He's like, basically the first game he's not scored and in this season. I think he's never scored. He, he, I don't think he's scored against Fortuna Düsseldorf. Oh, wow. Or, or hasn't scored against him for a very long time, basically. Yeah. League leaders, Borussia Mönchengladbach, lost to Union Berlin. They did. We said, Berlin, we said Union would take points off people, man, even at the beginning of the season when they were losing games. So happy for them, yeah. Do you yeah. want to hear something absolutely wild? Uh, shouts to Joshua Stevens for sending us this. So, form table, last five games, Union at top of the Bundesliga. <laughs> That's amazing. 1-4, lost one. And their goals, they've solved the goal-scoring problem because they were never going to concede that many. Mm. But they've solved that. And they've got, there's a, um, as the lead table we were sent says there, I think they've scored nine in the last five, which yeah. is not half bad. 12 points from the last five, joint with uh, Hoffenheim, then Leipzig, Bayern, Dortmund to eighth. Do you know where we're bottom? Hertha Berlin. We lost again on the weekend. To Augsburg. They got done for now. Now they're in trouble. They look like they're in trouble, actually, all of a sudden. They are in trouble. Yeah. They're definitely in trouble. Because you watch Hertha and you don't always know where the goal's are coming from. Mm. They're a very limited side. I mean, I saw them... Uh, get beaten by Wolfsburg 3-0 at home. And even there, you're like, this team lacks creativity. It's like all the right pieces are in the wrong places. Mm. Wolfsburg won against Eintracht, which is big for them. Uh, they won 2-0 away. Mm. Weghorst and Joao Victor, my only critique of Wolfsburg is still struggle for creativity and you kind of always know where the goals are coming from. Like if someone says to you who's scored for Wolfsburg, you're going to be like, oh, it's going to be Bracalo, Weghorst or Victor. That's mm. going to be the three scorers. The weirdest game of the weekend, though, for me was Mines beating Hoffenheim 5-1 in Hoffenheim. So weird. So <laughs> Given what Mines have been up to, it's so weird. So it was Akim Bayerlotz's first game in charge at Mines after being fired from Köln a few weeks ago. And yeah, like we said before, you know, Hoffenheim were 
joint top of the form table. And they were down to 10 men as well. So weird. It was such a bizarre game. They just absolutely tore Hoffenheim to bits. Do you know, it's funny. I watch a lot of, sort of NFL and NBA um, highlights, coverage, punditry. And there's, you know, those are aware of a guy called Skip Bayless. And Skip Bayless was talking about those NFL games where there's just nothing to be derived from the result. They're just these absolute sort of lightning storms of sort of freaks of nature. And he said that, that I think that's one of them. They happen. Yeah, they just happen. Um, also, yeah, but can't, can't leave the Bundesliga round without discussing very briefly what RB Leipzig did to Köln. You'd expect them to win, but they're scoring goals in the kind of volume that you're like, they are, they're, they're so obviously the other best team in, in Germany apart from Bayern. Hey, Gladbach, I've got something to say about that. Do you know, with Gladbach, I feel like it's the goals though. It's always the goals. It's the fire. It is though. It's just the firepower. That's, you look at it and Dortmund have the firepower, not the defence. Leipzig built from the back and they've just basically breathed life into their forward line. We said they would with Nagelsmann, but I've been impressed by the degree to which he's managed to get them scoring. Um, it's some of the familiar names in the score sheet, Forsberg and Werner again featuring among the scorers, but Nkunku has come up big. Yeah. yeah. Good signing. Very, Very exciting. good signing. Um, Premier League. Uh, United got a three-all draw. Sheffield United against Sheffield United. Sheffield United against Sheffield United. <laughs> well, two mid-table mid- ta- mid- teams. Hey, hey, hey. No hey, respect hey. to Sheffield United, mid-table team. And thoroughly worth it. Beautifully coached. And I think that's the fair result, actually, the three-all. I mean, most people have seen it already, so not to dwell on it too much. Sheffield United are one point off a European spot. And absolutely worth it. Absolutely worth it. Chris Wilder is a very, very good coach and has been for a very long time. And I'm glad that he's doing well. Sorry. Yeah, it no, came no. As a, at the expense of two points for your beloved Manchester United. But this isn't a fluke. They've done this to a lot of teams. I said this, this on Twitter. It's a manager's yeah. league. It's a manager's league. But United were good for what? 12 minutes in that game? Maybe. I would say, yeah, I would say they were good um, for two minutes before they went ahead. And then about mm, 60 seconds after. And they made conservative choices. Maybe the opening 90 seconds, they were good as well. Yeah. And then they remembered, oh, this is who we are. Hey, the kind of games you've got to get something from when you're not playing well. Exactly. There was a question relating to this from at Red Mancunia Red. I wonder who he or she supports. (laughs) Are Manchester United foolish if they pass up the chance to sign Poch? Yes. Yes. I mean, anyone is really. Anyone is. Anyone is. Look, you got to ask Poch to dance. You got a dance card. You're like, you know, let's take it back to the 1930s. We'll... Wow. There's, you get out your dance card. I like, don't remember the 30s, but you I'm were, an old, I'm a boomer. your prime, right? I'm still counting the boomer theme. Yeah, we got to ask Poch to dance at the very least. You know, just have a twirl, just see if he's interested. Because frankly, I think he needs a break, actually. So give him a summer off and go talk to him to list the transfer targets, but basically put it in place. Mm. You'd be absolute fools not to. He's a generational talent. Mm. You don't get many generational talents. Clubs like Barcelona have shown that they've spent, I mean, Barcelona, I mean, they say more than a club. They've now become a moral lesson, Barcelona. You spend a hundred on Dembele, a hundred and whatever on Coutinho, 120 on Griezmann, three huge signings. And if the coaching isn't good enough, you don't maximise those players' potential. The, the right coach would find a place for all of those players in the same team. They would. Like, they would. They'd have Coutinho as an eight. They'd have De Jong as an eight. Mm. They'd have a DM. They'd have Dembele playing out as mine. They'd have Griezmann either side of Messi or something like that. They'd make it work. They'd have two fullbacks pushing high, something like that. The fact that they can't get it going. Barcelona are a lesson that this is no longer about getting the best personnel. It's about the best coaches. Mm. 
they have to get Poch if they have the chance. His old club got their first win under their new manager, Jose Marino. In fact, I've got some beef with a listener about this. Oh, right. But you, you said it would happen, didn't you? At Conley Ajo, how do Musa and Ryan feel after being absolutely certain Jose wasn't going to Spurs? I went back and listened to this this yeah, morning to double yeah. check. I said that he's free, he's in London, and like, he's someone that I imagine Daniel Levy would want. Yeah, you did say that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, We yeah. said we didn't like the fit. Yeah, absolutely. You said, no, I wouldn't if I would. And you, I think that was coming from more of a Spurs kind of point of view. And I don't like the fit. I, don't, you, I still don't you, like the fit. You called it. You said it. Yeah, I remember thinking, yeah, because I saw the question. I thought, no, Ryan, Ryan said that was, I'm pretty sure you said that was on the cards. And I was like, if that happens, I don't like it. I, I said don't, he threw his hat in the ring. I'll never like it. I'll I mean, never like I don't, it. I'm not even sure Spurs fans like it, to be honest. A lot of them. Do you think he really likes it? Likes it? Oh, well, he loves it. He loves it. He's got a job. He can't believe it. Exactly. Yeah. I tried to phrase a tweet about this, but I didn't want to come across as being really antagonistic towards Spurs fans. But I think he's done really, really well to get that job. He has done better, better out of it than Spurs have. I think it's a bigger coup for Mourinho than it is for Spurs. I completely agree. I completely agree. Because I think Levy has always wanted Spurs to become a club that could have attracted Jose Mourinho. Or like peak Jose Mourinho, right? Right. But I think that unfortunately, where they've met in the kind of like the form table, if you like, Spurs have been on the up over the last six years, whereas Mourinho has been on the decline. And they've kind of met at a lower point than what Levy would have anticipated. It's like a young director who gets to work with an unnamed Hollywood star at a point when unnamed Hollywood star is kind of Entering a downturn. I was about to name a name, then I thought, no, that's not. You can say Zlatan. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Actually, speaking of Zlatan, uh, we had a question from, before we do that question, quickly elsewhere in the Premier League, Arsenal still got a manager and yeah. Southampton left the Emirates, very disappointed not to have won the game, which they would have deserved. Even Lacazette didn't want to score the equaliser. That's how bad things have got at Arsenal. Oh Lord, yeah. He looked really unhappy after scoring the second. Uh, yeah. I... We'll save the Arsenal chat because we've had quite a heavy Arsenal few weeks and also I've got a feeling we might have to do a big podcast about Arsenal quite soon. Okay, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. When Freddie Lundberg takes over. (laughs) (laughs) Before we move on to the question, Manchester City, Pep had his lowest percentage, possession percentage in a game ever as a manager. What was that? Against Chelsea, uh, 46%. Whoa! Yeah. He said Lampard was brave in that game. That was interesting. Lampard must really have enjoyed that coaching battle. Yeah. Uh, good game, actually. It was a really good game. I thought, I thought Chelsea were quite unlucky. Yeah, me too. Leicester are still winning. Liverpool won. Leicester really handled business. Yeah, Leicester are still second. Retaking penalty, Vardy. Do you know what I really enjoyed about that, though? James Madison did exactly the same celebration for Vardy's retaken <laughs> penalty as he did <laughs> when he scored. That's so funny. <laughs> it was really funny. I say that, it's so good. Uh, all right, okay. The question from Justin Salhani, where would you like to see Zlatan turn up? On this podcast. On this podcast. On this podcast, if you're listening. I heard that Stadio needed Zlatan, so I gave them Zlatan. (laughs) That's exactly what... If we ever get him on, we have to get him to say that. (laughs) It's like, you could... Right, we want to do an interview with you, but you can only talk about yourself in the third person. That has to be the opening credits. Can you imagine that? (laughs) I heard Stadio needed Zlatan. That'd be amazing. I came, I saw, I did the podcast. (laughs) I came, I saw, I casted. Um... Yeah, where would you like to see him? So let's think about this tactically. You need a team where you surround him with pace. Severe. I don't think they, no. no. Severe. I disagree. I think he's, I don't think he's, no, no, I disagree. Mm. I think, my, my gut says, I would say, I think Severe. Do you know where I'd like to see him? And I genuinely mean this. Sheffield United. 
Oh, that's a brilliant shout. That's amazing. Just go there, Zlatan. Yorkshire is beautiful. Because, you know, I love that. Sheffield is a great city. It's cult. It's everything. It's cult. Finish your career at Sheffield United it's and cult. be a Sheffield United legend. He'd be a legend because he'd score so many goals in that yeah. system. So many goals. And it's what they need, actually. They need that extra goal score. If they, he, he could put them in. With the league being this close, he, he put them in Europe, you know. That would, no, that's actually a sensational shout. I love that. You can email me out if you need any... Slatten uh... at Sheffield United. <laughs> that is a scorching... Because it's funny because in the, in the Sheffield United segment, you're going, oh, talk about it. I was thinking, yeah, they just need a goal scorer. And it's like, oh gosh, that's perfect. And they'd love They just it. need someone to karate kick it into the net. Can you, imagine, you know what he'd do? He'd turn up and the first thing he'd do, they'd have him like, turn on the Christmas lights or something. You know, something really sort of like cool and like local. He'd retire and then he'd run for mayor. Yeah, he would. And he'd win. Do you know what? It's one of those things that actually I could imagine if Zlatan went to Sheffield, he'd love it so much that he'd end up just living there for the rest of his life. You know, when some players end up in some weird place and he's like, how in the hell is so-and-so still there? It's like Medieta, isn't it? Zlatan actually ends up, you know, I don't know, opening some kind of like library slash gym slash coffee shop in Sheffield. Zlatan at Sheffield United is such a good shout. I'm not suggesting anything else. It's brilliant. I mean, you know where he is going to end up though? It's probably Spurs. Because it's just such a Mourinho thing to do. Oh man. A local consortium should get together to pay his wages. I'd love to see Zlatan in Yorkshire. I just think it's amazing. It's perfect. The flat cat, Peaky Blinders. Anyway, carry on, sorry. <laughs> carry on. Right, let's do a few more questions. Um, we've been all over the place today. It's kind of our whole USP, to be honest. We've got a USP. Oh my God, we've got a brand. Have we got a USP? We've got a brand. Okay, from at Googly Eye Cat. Great Twitter name. When will Marco Silva be sacked? Oh, I, I can't, right. I can't take these post-match interviews of Marco Silva anymore. He just looks so sad all the time. I can't see that. I mean, if Everton, if Everton are really smart, they'll nip in and get, try and get Poch. It's a win-win for Poch. That's a free hit, isn't it? I mean, wow. Yeah. He'd be a legend there. I don't think it'll happen, but... But it would be an incredible fit. I mean, Poch anyway... It's such a football fit. manager yeah. appointment. What? Hang on a minute. What? Everton have signed Manchester Pochettino. Narsen Wenger's taken over at... Man United. But Everton are a well-run club. I can see it happening. I can see it happening. Mm. Next up, next up. What's next up? Well, there's another one, you know, is, there's a suggestion that from Daniel Tatarski. Oh, Daniel, the long-suffering Everton fan. There's a suggestion that Everton are going to give Silver more time. Can you find any logic in this? It kind of felt like it was up after the, after the game on the weekend. I can't see. I can't see it. Can't you know where we'll probably end up? We'll probably end up at Arsenal. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's, his career is, is a curiosity. It, it's really strange, isn't it? Do you know who he reminds me of? Do you know who Marcus reminds me of? He is, he is to management what Matea Kesman was to football. Oh. So Matea Kesman, PSV, world conquering, following the footsteps of Ruud van Nistelrooy. So everyone's like, oh, PSV strikers, they're brilliant. He'll come here. He'll be amazing. Goes to Chelsea and basically like, it doesn't happen. And never really catches fire again in his career. And you kind of wonder if Kesman was that good, if the Dutch, if the Dutch league was poor at that particular time or combination of factors. And again, you wonder, Marco Silva, you look at the achievements of Porto and wonder if Porto wasn't quite the club it, or the league wasn't like league it was at that time. So yeah, you, I'm still, I'm still unsure just how good Silva is really mm. at this point. And um, we haven't really done La Liga. It wasn't that interesting. No, you can't do every league over the weekend. And it wasn't that interesting either, was it? I mean, what the most interesting game is probably Real Sociedad against Real Madrid. And the yeah. Bay Bay. 
Sociedad um, took the lead and then Real comfortably won, which was a bit of a shame, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I would have liked Sociedad to have pinched some points off him. Right. And it's kind of like Real, the machine is grimly wearing into life again, just yeah. because the players are so talented. Mm. Like, you know, Benzema's scoring freely. I mean, he's kind of been for Real what Lewandowski's been for Bayern. He's mm. kept them afloat in a difficult time. Mm. And now the rest of the team started performing. Modric is back to something useful again. Um, he struggled a bit early on. And yeah, like Real are just kind of grimly trudging towards what could be a title because Barca are looking in an unusual state of disarray. Uh, yeah, but Barca did rest quite a lot of players against Leganes and they kind of came out with a win, so it's not they're still creak- all bad though. They're creaking though, Ryan. They are yeah, creaking. well, you know, some of us creak. That's true. Well, I can talk for that. Boomers, you know. <laughs> Granada. You're not a boomer. Stop. <laughs> this court has gone viral now. Uh, Villarreal lost at home to Celta Vigo. That was, a, that was a, an eye-raising one. Yeah, they needed something, Celta. Yeah. Um, the one that I thought was really fun was Betis's win over Valencia. After going 1-0 down, Joaquin scored to equalise. And then yeah. Canales got that unbelievable free kick in stoppage time at the end of the game, which was... I couldn't figure out what had happened. I swear someone headed it. In real time, it looked like someone headed it because it went in with such pace. It was, it was actually reminding me of, um, this is a bit of a throwback, but the angle and the dip on the free kick, he hits it from out on the right wing with the left foot. Mm. And it curves and like goes right across the keep and goes in under the bar, just under the bar. It reminded me of this is a bit of a sort of weird reference. This is my boomer reference. Mario, <sighs> Stop that. I was only joking. Mario Basler scores against Dino Kiev in the um, semi-final Champions League 99. Pre-technical. And the ball, <laughs> sepia days in the Champions League. And it, it curves in under the crossbar yeah. and the keeper has a full view of it from out on the flank and can't get anywhere near it. And you see the keeper with Canales' free kick. Oh, and he, poor Sillison. He has a full sight. And he, he played really quite well. Yeah, he, he made some really good saves. Um, had a full sight of it and was not at the races. Mm. Yeah. Good win for Betis, that. Needed it. Yeah, very much so. I think we're about done, right? I think so, yeah, yeah. Our website's up. It is indeed. Stadio.football. Go check it out. Great Uh, job on that. Beautiful job on that. Currently, it's just all the podcast stuff, but we will be writing things and putting things up. There'll be content for you to interact with. The C word. Content. Always content. (laughs) God, I hate that word. I quite like it, actually. Really? Yeah. Content. 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 I quite like it. Content. Sorry. You're right, Musa. Do you I want to leave? You? Do you, want to leave? <laughs> um, you can also get in touch through that. Absolutely. And before we go, please check us out, all social media platforms, at Stadio Football on Instagram, Stadio on Twitter. Before, yeah, I always mention this, uh, iTunes, please leave a review if you enjoy it. Or as it's been rebranded as Apple Podcasts or whatever it's Apple called. Podcasts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, please leave us a rating review. It'd be very kind. Oh, and we're playing out on Oh, we're playing out on Terza. This tune, eh? Inside Out, produced by Mika Levy. You sent it to me actually just before, um, and you were like, oh, how about this? And I just went absolutely nuts for it. So yeah, yeah this, is, a, it this is killer. Right, we'll be, are we going to do a Champions League podcast? We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Keep them guessing, Moose. Exactly, exactly. We'll see. If not, back next week. Thanks for listening. See you later, bye. I can shout. I could complain, I could run out of steam again. I'm inside out, you're obvious, it's tiring me out.
Just like I'm in this for nothing. Text me if you know what time you made my heart. 